Welcome to uh, Malvern Hill Baptist Church. My name is Craig Thompson. I'm the senior pastor here. If by some chance uh, you're a guest with us this morning, thank you for coming out to be with us. If you're a guest with us online, we are so glad if this is the first time you've been with us or the, the, or the hundredth time. We're just so glad that you've been willing to join with us as we come to gather together to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. A few announcements uh, for you before we jump into the sermon this morning. Just another thank you so much for the way that you guys continue to be so awesome and faithful in nearly every way. Uh, we continue to have uh, plenty of people to, to show up and try their best to maintain social distancing so that we can pull these things off. We've got the band spread out as much as we can and folks showing up to get uh, equipment out and all those other things and we're grateful for that. And uh, for uh, all the work that goes on behind the scenes, you all don't see it, uh, but there is technological work going on all week. I think we are pretty close to getting this thing figured out. My microphone is very good right now, and I'm glad for that. You, you would be amazed at how, how much trouble it is just to make sure that all these things happen, and uh, you are so blessed as a church to have a lot more than Craig Thompson figuring that out because we would be in a mess if y'all were counting on me to get it all worked out. So lots of things happening behind the scenes. And, uh, and then, you know, we're, we're realizing the importance of doubling up and making sure that there's at least one other person that can do every single thing because somebody could run a fever one morning and not be able to be here. So we're doing all those things to try and make sure we can continue to, do, uh, to, to provide these services online and, and, and especially in our parking lot. Uh, so we're just thankful that you've been here. We will continue to keep this same schedule as long as is necessary. I don't know when that will change. I wish I could tell you, but if I could tell you, then I would be the guy on news giving all the information and somebody else would be doing something else. But of course, they can't tell us either. So we're all just sitting around waiting until uh, something shifts and we're able to gather together again. But until such time, I am so grateful that the Lord provides these opportunities. And this weather, y'all, I mean, seriously, uh, for, um, for all the inconvenience this, this is, let's be reminded that we live in Camden, South Carolina, where the Lord has blessed us with some incredible weather the past three weeks. So as long as the wind doesn't blow me off this platform, we are going to have a really good time this morning. Uh, you can see other announcements. We're trying to return to a degree of normal, which means that uh, you're going to be getting uh, more regular announcements in your inbox. You're going to be getting um, prayer requests and things like that in your email inbox. So we're going to be trying to provide all those things for you. If you have prayer needs, please communicate those with us so that we can, uh, we can do that. I would encourage you to also continue to be connected with your life groups and your deacon families as much as you can. I know it's distance and it's hard, but I, I, I would just encourage you to do that. Okay, that's all the announcements I hope for now. If you have your Bibles and the wind doesn't blow it out of your hand this morning, we're going to be in the book of Hebrews. I'm going to read out of mine, and then I'm going to transition over to my, my iPad exclusively this morning so that we don't, um, we don't see the, uh, the wind flapping pages all over the place. But we're going to be in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. There is a study guide in your inbox as well as posted on our Facebook page. I'm going to try and do a better job of making sure that you guys have those on the front end moving forward. So... Hebrews chapter 1. We're beginning a new study in the book of Hebrews, and we'll look at this a little bit more in detail over the course of the next several weeks. But the reason we're moving into Hebrews is because I believe that the book of Hebrews is a perfect, uh, a perfect book for us in the current setting in which we find ourselves, all right? The book of Hebrews was given to a people who are going through a period of transition. They were trying to figure out how it was that they were supposed to be Christians in a different day, in a different time, with different experiences. Their circumstances were far worse than ours. I want you to know that. They were facing death 
as a result of their commitment to Christ, uh, we, uh, we certainly are not looking at someone coming in and threatening to kill us because of our love for Jesus. But at the same time, we're having to figure out what it looks like to follow Jesus as our circumstances shift. So that's the reason we'll be in the book of Hebrews, and we'll be here for a while. Um, as you all know, we preach through books of the Bible here, so we're going to be here for a while. And this morning, we're going to focus on just exactly how incredible Jesus is. The book of Hebrews gives us, as its big theme, a better way. Jesus is a better way. We could even say Jesus is the best way. And so this morning, we're going to focus on the idea that God has spoken to us and what a privilege that is and see how it is that Jesus is the better way for us as we move forward. Um, we're going to read together. You can stand if you'd like. Uh, we're going to read, beginning in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, and we're going to read all the way through chapter 1, verse 3. The Bible says this, Long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Let's pray together. Father God, I pray that we would find hope and comfort in the knowledge that Jesus is still in control. That, Father God, we would be encouraged by the reminder that you have spoken to us and you've revealed yourself to us in the person of your son, Jesus Christ, and that you've maintained for us an opportunity to know you through the knowledge that comes through your word and the power that is given in your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord God, that you would fill this message with your spirit, Lord, that you would speak to us in Christ's name. Amen. Have you ever gotten that phone call at just the right time? You ever been in that place and the phone call came at just the right time? Maybe it was a visit. Maybe it was somebody that was completely unexpected. But you know what that is. The one that reminds you it's all going to be okay. You ever had that? The one that just reminds you that no matter what else happens, somehow or other, everything is going to work out. We've all needed those calls. In these hard days, we've needed people and real answers. Uh, an, an interesting thing has happened during this corona or COVID crisis. And one thing that was not predicted, everybody assumed that we would see an uptick in, in uh, um, uh, traffic with cell phone use, that there would be uh, an increased need for um, uh, internet activity and emails and, and video calls. But something that was not predicted is that there's been... I believe it's a doubling now of the number of voice calls that are being used. There are more voice phone calls being made every day right now than have been made on Mother's Day in, the, in, the pre, in previous years. That's how important the sound of human voice is during these times. Communication matters, and it matters a whole lot. In these hard days, we need people and we need answers. We want somebody to speak to us. Now, we don't want those pithy sayings, right? Nobody in hard days wants something that doesn't matter. This is why the phrases that often get uttered at funeral homes are so terrible. Nobody wants you to tell them as they're grieving the loss of a loved one that God had a better plan or there's something good that's going to come from this. We need greater hope than these pop sayings that come across our lips sometimes. When the pain seems almost too much to bear, we need real, concrete hope. The letter to the Hebrews was written probably around 70 A.D. to a group of, of formerly Jewish believers, okay? And, and these were probably not 
ethnic Jews. These are probably Hellenistic Jews, people that had become God-fearers, as they were called, through worship in the synagogue. We believe most likely, now we don't have any certainty, but we believe most likely that these um, these. Uh, Christians lived in Rome. They were probably part of a house church there. And there in that house church, they were worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. They were trying to figure out how to live as a group in the midst of a rapidly transitioning society. Now, these people had lived through the first persecution of Christians and Jews there in Rome. Uh, somewhere around about AD 49, there was a, uh, a time when all the Jews were kicked out of Rome. And during that time, the Christians were expelled as well, most of them because they were assumed to just be a sect of the Jewish population. Um, and, and during that time, they experienced significant persecution. They lost their homes. They lost their pop property. Uh, they, they lost their finances. They were submitted to ridicule or subject to ridicule and being made fun of. But that was really nothing in comparison with what was coming as we'll see over the next few weeks, the persecution was growing so difficult that many in the church were actually considering abandoning Christianity completely. You see, they had moved from that form of relative moderate persecution to the reign of Nero. And under the reign of Nero, Christians in mass lost their lives. In difficult days, the writer of Hebrews wrote to give encouragement to this group of people. Now, Hebrews is a unique letter. I think this is why I like the book of Hebrews. We, we believe that Hebrews may not have actually been a letter at all. It, it, it's, it's historically contained there in your Bible, and we often think of it as a letter. But it seems more likely that it was a sermon. What we know for sure, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews, but what we know with a pretty high degree of certainty is that he was a preacher. It seems like he was a pretty good preacher. He had a, an incredible grasp and an incredible control of the Greek language. The book of Hebrews is the most eloquent Greek that we have in all the New Testament. This man seemed to have been skilled and trained in rhetoric and in public speaking, and he used all of those tools at his disposal as he composed this sermon to this group of Christians who was facing hard days. But what did he use to encourage them? He reminded them that God has spoken. That's what he said. He reminds them in the very beginning that God didn't spoken. He didn't begin with platitudes. No, God's got this. It's going to be okay. There were no memes. There were no cute cartoons. Instead, he said God is in control. I want you to read it this way. I want you to think that maybe it's just like this. God knows you. God hasn't forgotten you. God has reached out to you. He has communicated with you, and it's going to be okay. The writer of Hebrews says, don't forget that when things were bad, God sent just the right kind of communication. God sent you exactly what you needed. So this morning, I want to ask you this question, hope to answer it in four points. What is it that makes Jesus better? What makes Jesus better? What gives us hope? Why does Jesus give us this particular hope, no matter what the days may bring? The first thing we see this morning is that Jesus is the revelation of God. That's what he said. He said, Jesus is the revelation. In these last days, he says, first, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. 
Now, revelation, what does that mean? Revelation is a supernatural disclosure to human beings. So that we say that God has revealed something to us. When we say that Jesus is revelation, what I want you to understand is what we're saying is that God has spoken supernaturally. God has spoken to us. Now, that's a big deal. It's a big deal that the God of the universe, the God who controls all things and knows all things, actually cares enough about us to speak to us. You don't get calls from the President of the United States. If you did, you'd think it was a pretty big deal. You'd think it was a pretty big deal if somebody that was powerful, important, and popular made phone calls. We're seeing some of these weird uh, and fun phone calls uh, and video calls happen during this, this period of social distancing. Angela's showed me a few and the kids have come across a few where celebrities have made these unexpected video calls to, to, to some of their fans, and, and they surprise kids with these songs and all this other stuff. It's so fun. And these kids and, and even adults sometimes are so taken aback that these people who were, were famous or popular or powerful would actually take the time to notice them. I want you to consider this morning that God, the God of the universe, the creator and the sustainer of all things, that God has taken the time to notice you. He's taking the time to notice you and to communicate with you. And it's not just that he's spoken. He's spoken throughout the ages. Now, this is not a new thing. The Bible says that God has spoken to us from time immemorial. Historically, God spoke in the very beginning directly with Adam and Eve. Of course, their sin separated them from God and even created separation from the people that they loved. And as a result, that separation, that, or excuse me, that communication with God, was, was, it suffered significant loss. But God didn't stop communicating. We know that the, the Hebrew people celebrated God's communication to them primarily through Moses and the prophets. And, of course, Moses wrote for us the first five books of the Bible. There God communicated with us his plans, his sweeping plans of beautiful salvation. So we see God teaches exactly how it is that we were created, that God teaches us exactly what his plan was in creation and how it was that even from the very beginning when our sin created a separation, that God promised that there would come one who would resolve that separation, who would bring back together what had been broken, that Jesus was going to come. Of course, God plots that that. That beautiful salvation history, as, as his people are even taken into exile, they are released from exile with his mighty right hand. God promises them a beautiful, or, or not a beautiful, or, or a promised land where they would become the people of God in the place of God under the rule and the blessing of God. In other words, they would become his people, the kingdom of God. And there God sets them up in the promised land. He gives them rulers. Rulers uh, reign over them as, as, a, as a, a precursor of what it was going to be like for the kingdom of God when it's fully realized. And the writer of the Hebrews says, I want you to know that God's always spoken and it's always been good and it's always been powerful, but there's something different about what's happened in these last days. He didn't speak to us any longer through the prophets. He didn't speak to us any longer through Moses. Instead, God has spoken through Jesus. He spoke through Jesus' words and he spoke through Jesus' actions and he spoke ultimately through Jesus' cross. Jesus teaches us about the heart of God and the intentions of God through his words and his actions. We're teaching through Hebrews today because just as this church in 70 A.D. in Rome needed to learn to do things differently, so too must we learn to do things a little bit differently. Life is changing, but God isn't. And that's important for us to remember. Life is challenging, but God's revelation through Jesus is good news to us. God loves us and wants to speak with us. He sent Jesus to tell us all about himself. And y'all, the first thing that we need to remember when life gets hard is that God has revealed himself to us. God has revealed himself to us. And he's revealed himself to us especially and in these last days in the person of Jesus Christ. So that's the first thing. The second thing this morning is that Jesus is the imprint of God. 
Jesus is the imprint of God. Now, that's, that's a, a, a sort of a creative way of saying that Jesus is God. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Jesus is God. Why is Jesus better than Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob, and even Moses and the prophets? Why? Because he is God in the flesh. God didn't only speak through Jesus. Jesus is God. The book of Hebrews shows us that theology is important. Even when life is hard, theology still matters. Why does theology matter? Because if you don't get your theology right, you won't get your response to Jesus right. If you don't really understand who Jesus is and what he has done, you can't hope to get encouragement and, 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 and hope from Jesus. You can't hope to experience salvation. And if your theology is wrong, you probably will not get the comfort you need in these hard days. Just consider what it would look like for people facing serious persecution if they believed that Jesus was just sort of like God. Or if they believed that Jesus was maybe sort of in a little bit of control. What would it look like for people facing serious challenges and persecution if they didn't have a great confidence that Jesus was indeed God in the flesh? That Jesus was not just pretty good or good enough, but that Jesus was actually the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That he was, as the book of Revelation teaches us, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. What would it look like if the people couldn't have a high degree of confidence that Jesus was the God of all glory? Folks, do you understand it's difficult for us to have hope in these hard days if we don't understand who Jesus is? Why should I follow Jesus if he's just like anybody else? How in the world could Jesus give me hope if Jesus is just another guy, just another man, just another imposter? Just consider what it would look like. These people need to know who Jesus is. He is God in the flesh. He's worthy of worship, but even in hard times, because of who he is, we can trust him. Not because of anything any more important than this. Listen, we can trust him because he is God. Y'all, what does it look like if we have a misunderstood version of Jesus? What if our theology is wrong? What if, what if we hold to a health and wealth prosperity gospel? What does it look like in days of pandemic if I believe that God only rewards me in accordance with the degree of faith that I have? What's it look like to suffer if I believe that all the people who love Jesus are going to be rewarded in this life? How do I explain suffering? How do I explain cancer? How do I explain pandemic? We've seen some of the craziness that's come through this time of global pandemic as some uh, faith healers and health and wealth preachers have been shown to be the frauds that they absolutely are. As they have publicly proclaimed that they themselves were going to wipe out coronavirus and COVID-19 and instead of seeing an end to this, we've seen absolutely nothing. We don't see faith healers running into the hospital and laying hands on people in ICU with contagious, deadly disease. They're staying home because they're afraid. Folks, can I tell you that Jesus is the better way? And it's important for us to remember that Jesus is the better way. And it's important for us to get Jesus right. Because if we don't get Jesus right, we can't get hope right. If we don't get Jesus right, we can't get salvation right. If we don't get Jesus right, we'll be afraid and terrified. And death will overwhelm us. But if we get Jesus right, then neither plague nor pandemic nor death has any power over us. Because it's Sunday and Friday never wins. The writer of the Hebrews did not give them 
silly memes. He didn't send them encouraging tweets. He reminded them that Jesus is still king. And he's still on his throne. He wanted them to know that he is God in the flesh. He's not like God. He's not similar to God. He's not a sort of God. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the one written of in John chapter 1. He is the agent of God's creation. He is all in all. He is more than we need and he is enough. Third, this morning, Jesus is the sacrifice for our sins. So this morning we see that Jesus is the revelation of God. Jesus is the imprint of God. And Jesus, third, is the sacrifice for our sins. The Bible says in Hebrews there that Jesus made purification for our sins. How? Not as we will see in coming weeks through the blood of goats and bulls, but through the shedding of his own blood. This is the great substitution. He took our sins and gave us his righteousness. He took our punishment and gave us his reward. No one else could do what Jesus did. He is the perfect lamb sacrificed for our sins. He is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He's Jesus and he's better. Well, the writer of the Hebrews needed the people to whom he was writing to understand. You see, they were facing such severe persecution that many of them were questioning whether or not they should continue to follow Christ. They were being tempted to return back to their old ways. And what the writer of the Hebrews wants them to know is that there's absolutely nothing from their past that can compare with Jesus. What the writer to the Hebrews needs his people to understand is that Jesus is the better way. And he is the better way because he did not set up a sacrificial system so that the people could be made right before the Lord. Jesus is the better way because it was not necessary for Moses or anyone else to offer a cleansing sacrifice before the Lord so that he could be installed as our great high priest. Jesus is the better way because it was not necessary that his sins be atoned for. Jesus is the better way because he is the perfect, spotless, sinless Son of God. Jesus is the better way because only Jesus Christ could give his life for mine and yours. Only Jesus Christ could prepare a place for us in heaven because only Jesus came from there and only Jesus is going back. Do you understand? Jesus Christ is the only one, the spotless, sinless Son of God. And He's a more excellent way. Jesus is the sacrifice for our sins. We refer to this as a substitutionary atonement. That's one of those big theological words that means this. Jesus is the substitute for me. He is the atonement. He paid the price that was mine. The price that I couldn't pay. And he gave me a hope that I couldn't earn. He took my sin and gave me his righteousness. Jesus is the sacrifice for our sins. And finally this morning... As the writer of the Hebrews writes, this pastor, this preacher who is concerned for his people, as he writes them this sermon, he says, Jesus is still in control. I want you to imagine how encouraging this must have been for people living under Nero's persecution. These people who were a minority sect in Rome. 
these people who were clinging. See, we as Americans, as American evangelicals, we have no appreciation for what it was that first century Christians would have endured. You see, we may talk a little bit about the way that we see culture turning away from Christianity. We, we may talk about the fact that we see in American culture uh, uh, an aversion to many of the things of Christ. But folks, compared to what Roman Christians would have understood, we have absolutely no idea. Christians were a minority persecuted sect. And by the time Nero comes to power, the people there in Rome were 100% convinced that the Christians had nothing good to offer. And Nero, more than any other, he instituted times of bloody, terrible, torturous persecution on the Christians. And the writer of the Hebrews writes to them and says, it's going to be okay. No, he didn't, did he? He writes to them and says, hey, you know, here's six steps to a better life. No, he didn't do that either, did he? The writer of the Hebrews says, let me, let me give you some diet tips and some, some suggestions on, on, on health and welfare. No, he didn't do that. There's no like practical advice in these first few verses. We're going to see some practical advice. You know what the practical advice? I love it. He says, you might die, but you should continue to gather with your church family anyway. That's, that, that's like the practical advice that he gives. They might kill you, but even if they do, you should continue to follow Jesus. So what does he do to give them hope? He says, Jesus is still in control. Jesus is still in control. Yes, Life is hard, but Nero is not ultimate. Nero is temporary. Suffering is temporary. And Jesus is in control. The darkness of Friday can never win because Sunday has come. The shadow of plague, pandemic, and death are only a shadow. Jesus is enough. And he has overcome. Jesus is still in control. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, the position of power. He's on his throne. Nero couldn't stop him. Hitler couldn't stop him. Stalin couldn't stop him. Communism can't stop him. Jesus is in control, and that is good news when life is scary and hard. Our circumstances can cloud our vision, but when life was hard, the writer to the Hebrews didn't give out pithy sayings. If he were writing in the 21st century, he wouldn't be writing with emojis. He's offering an assurance that goes much deeper. The assurance of which we've often sung. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Let's try this, okay? If I make a murder of this song, y'all will forgive me. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. You know the next verse? Perfect submission, all is at rest. 
I in my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. What makes Jesus better? What makes Jesus best? Everything. He is the more excellent way. And he invites you to enjoy his presence forever. We're going to sing. And as we sing, I want to encourage you to sing out to the Lord. Sing out to the Lord. Because the greatest response that we can have to Jesus in these times is to trust him. And folks, we can trust him. Not because of anything weak or soft. We can trust Him because the assurance that comes from Jesus was purchased on the cross of Calvary. We can trust Him because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God from the beginning that was made, was made through Him. He is the very agent of God's creation. And when God spoke, Jesus was the Word that hovered over the face of the deep and brought about creation and power and in glory. And you can trust Him because the God who created is the God who sustains. And when it's all said and done, He's the God that will still be seated on His throne. And we'll look back in eternity and know that even in a time of pandemic, that God was working all things together for His good, or for His glory and for our good. And we'll celebrate the God who sustains His children through pandemic and plague and persecution. We'll celebrate the God who brings his children from the brink of death and sets their feet on the solid rock that is Jesus Christ. We'll celebrate the God who has gone on to prepare a place. We'll celebrate the God who continues to be in control, that God who loves you. He's worthy of praise and glory. Sing with us this morning.